Hello friends, this is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time for Let's Talk About Jesus. We're so glad that you have joined us today. If you are brand new to this Bible study, we welcome you to be our special guest today. By the way, if you are listening and you have never known Christ as your Savior, please stay tuned to this important teaching. We as Christians want to be the witness that God wants us to be. Sometimes we fall short in that area, and that's what this teaching is challenging us, to become the light and the salt that we have been predestined to become, especially in this sin-darkened world. So please stay tuned today. And uh, if you are a Christian today, which most of you probably are that are hearing this broadcast, we pray that you will accept the challenge from the Word of God with the help of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah to be the man, the woman, the boy and girl of God that he has called us to be. I'm going to read our foundational scripture on the subject uh, of being being light in a sin-darkened world, literally. Arise, shine. That is the challenge to every child of God today. Philippians 2, 14 through 16 says, Do all things without murmurings, and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, or nation, rather, among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Amen. Going to begin where we stopped in our last study, in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, 13 through 16. And to really begin to capture what it means to be light in a sin-darkened world. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick that it giveth light to all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. In order to be light in a sin-darkened world, we need as Christians to behave what we believe. Light is given when we begin to follow Jesus as true disciples of Christ. You know, people can see through phony uh, testimonies, phony representations of real 
Christianity. And there's a lot of phonies. The Bible said that, that, that there would be tares among the wheat. There would be those among the Christian community that are not truly saved, that cannot bear any of the fruit that would indicate that the true salvation has occurred and, and will not endeavor in any sense, to truly follow Jesus. And because of this, the truth will be evil spoken of in many circles today. The devil loves to cast aspersions, to to take away the confidence uh, that Christianity is anything more than a, a man-made religion that doesn't have within it the real elements that are necessary uh, to be light in a sin-darkened world. You know, the Bible speaks that we're to put on the armor of light and to put on Jesus Christ and to put on the whole armor of God, amen, to, to show forth in our life the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which is the character and the nature of Christ himself. Now, no Christian is just like Jesus, but every Christian has fruit, whether it be fully ripened or whether it is just blooming. There's something in that life that indicates that a change has come and a progression has begun toward that great end. It is the highest calling of every child of God, for whom he did foreknow, Romans 8 and verse 29 declares, he did predestine to be conformed to the image of his Son. Amen. The fivefold ministry, the scripture teaches, is set in the church for that specific purpose, that we be no more children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, but grow up into him who is the head to the fullness of the measure of the stature of Jesus. And I believe that is what Paul had in view, not only the resurrection and the eternal life that, that God grants us, but the, the very fulfilling of the highest calling of God, and that is to become just like Jesus. Someone has said Jesus is the man that God wants every man, woman, boy, and girl, to become. And it's clear in Scripture that when He comes, we will know Him as He is, because we shall be like him. This battle with weak flesh will be over when Christ comes and we are caught up to meet him in the air. We will never have a struggle with Satan because he's not going to be there. We will never have a struggle with sin because we will be as sinless as he is. And the reason is because we will be like him, not in divinity, but in that fulfillment of all of the character of Jesus Christ, the sinless son of the living God. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm, I'm so glad that, that 
that there is progress in my life. I find as I age, I'm not becoming a grumpy old man, but I'm becoming a better new man. And I became a new man the day that I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. For if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation, the Scripture says. Old things are passed away, and all things are become new. And I believe that I'm making progress, amen, in the area of fruitfulness, because I want to be kinder, I want to be more patient with people. I want to be more merciful, while at the same time, I want to stand more firm in the faith. Someone said we need to be velvet-covered steel. Hallelujah. Praise God. So to the challenge today in this message from the Scripture is that we do not put the light under a bushel. The Apostle Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God to every one that believes it. We need to behave what we believe. And when we do, we will be like a city set on a hill, (laughs) and it cannot be hid. And then we need to be ready to give an answer to all men for the reason of the hope that's in us, because that hope will become viable, that hope will become visible, and there's no one in this world that has the hope that the Christian has today. No one can give anyone that hope, a hope that death can't cancel, a hope that, that aging and disease can't, can't conquer, an endless hope. Instead of a hopeless end. You know the Bible speaks of those without Christ in this present world. As being without hope and without God. To be without God is to be without hope. But as a Christian today the scriptures are clear. The God of hope fill you with hope in believing Praise God. And believe me, that hope, when they see that we're not like others who have no hope, it distinguishes us as people of the true faith. Praise God. We need to begin to flesh out and live out our faith in the public arena where it really counts not just in church on Sunday morning, but on the job on Monday when we're frustrated and we're upset and, and sometimes we're, we're pushed into a, a place of grumbling and murmuring and complaining. Hey, I, I've been in the, the church clergy world and I've been out in the secular world when I was bivocational for 12 of the 45 years of pastoral ministry. And I'm glad for that 12 year experience Uh, in the midst of that 45 that gave me the perspective of how 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 to be a witness for Jesus under the pressure of the secular world and secular people and people that get on our nerves (laughs) and and get our goat I've often said the devil knows where you have your goat tied and he knows what can get to you and he knows 
what can get to me? But if God is for us, who can be against us? And I'm not just talking about the battle, but with spiritual forces. I'm talking about being an effective witness for Jesus under the pressure to compromise, under the pressure to become like the world around us, where they cannot see the hope that we have in Christ, and we essentially put that candle under a bushel. We become like the world in order to please the world and be accepted by the world. And you know, we need to take a new attitude to be to not be like the culture, literally, to not let the world press us into its mold. That is the interpretation of 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 the scripture in a in a in a practical way where it says that we are not to let the world influence us. It, it's this way in the book of Romans. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you might prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Be no more pushed into the world's mold. Listen, it's time for Christians to arise and to shine, to let our light shine by following Jesus instead of the morals and the mores and the, the heroes that the secular world has put up as role models. The greatest hero in my life is Jesus Christ. There's none greater, none above him, none beneath him, none beside him. And I want to be more like him. And the Bible said, as we study the word, as we see clearly he, his character, his nature, his person in the word of God, the truth about God, the truth about Jesus, as we behold as in a glass his face. We are transformed into his image <laughs> from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is willing to work within us when we are willing to become more and more like Jesus. We can't do it in ourselves. We can't do it through mere religious effort, but we can become progressively more like Jesus if that's the desire of our heart because the Holy Spirit will work that work to that end within us. <laughs> oh, friend of mine, I'm going to tell you there's people that I have forgiven that I could not forgive in my flesh, but I can forgive by the power of the Holy Spirit who works within my heart the will and gives me the strength to do that. The Bible puts it this way. It is God that worketh in you both to will and to do, not just to reveal the will and bring us into a place of cooperating with his will, but giving us the very power to do it. 
I've read of people that have went to a prison and forgave a husband and wife in particular and that forgave a Christian man and woman that had their daughter killed. And I won't go into the details of, of the suffering and pain that was inflicted, but know that everything within us would be, it would be aberrant for us to even think about going and forgiving, truly forgiving and praying for someone that had done such a heinous thing. Only God's divine love can cause that to happen. And that love is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit Himself. This man is not capable within himself of loving to that degree. And that's why it requires a love beyond our love. The Bible said we've known and believed the love that God has for us, for God is love. This is agape love. This is a love beyond the phileo love, which is a powerful love. But there is a love beyond that, and it is the love of God himself. It's the love that sent Jesus to die for us on the cross. It's the love that held Jesus to that cross. For I've said it before, I want to reiterate it here today. The nails did not hold him. The, the, the ropes, uh, if there were ropes as well, did not hold him. The guards at the bottom could not have put him on it, nor kept him on it. He said, if my kingdom was of this world, I would call the armies of heaven to deliver me. But my kingdom is not of this world world. Oh, truly, friend, when he was on the cross, we, we, we who had sinned against him, we who had rebelled against God and went our own way, we were on his mind. And he that had all power in heaven and earth did not call for angels to take him down, though that he suffered like no one has ever suffered before. He took the wrath. He took the punishment. He took the pain. He took it all so that you and I could be forgiven. I cannot, I will not be ashamed of that good news. I will lift him up. I will live for him unapologetically, <laughs> radically Christian. Hallelujah. That's what it means to arise. It means to quit trying to please God and please the world. You can't do it. I love Joshua. Uh, his attitude, he said, if the Lord is God, then serve him. If Baal is God, then serve him. But choose you this day who you will serve. And regardless of their choice, he had already made the choice. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me read from Titus 2, 11 through 14. This is a clear scripture of what it means to let our light shine. Yes, we all have been saved by grace. It is not works, 
But when you are truly saved by grace, we are created unto good works, as the Scripture declares. And listen to this balance of the message of God's grace. Verse 11 of Titus 2. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. I want to read that part from the Amplified. It said, Who gave himself on our behalf that he might redeem us, purchase our freedom from all iniquity, and purify for himself a people to be peculiarly his own. People who are eager and enthusiastic about living a life that is good and filled with beneficial deeds. That's simply a life that is marked by following Jesus. A little cliched uh, statement is really a profound statement, although we've seen it so much, heard it so much, that it can become cliched, and we don't want it to become just a mere cliché. What would Jesus do? You know, you'll never know what he would do until you read in the Scripture what he did, how he responded in every circumstance that he was in. And when we see what he did, we should have the heart to do what Jesus did, to react like Jesus reacted, to forgive like Jesus forgave, to love like Jesus loved. Listen, friend, today there is a great call of the Holy Spirit to arise and shine for Jesus Christ. And in order to do it, we must stand firm in the faith. Listen to 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 13. It said, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men and be strong, which means our behavior to act like men and be strong. You see, the scripture said, be no more children tossed to and fro. It's talking about growing up in God to where we can be an effective witness for Christ. That's what it means to mature as a Christian. Watch ye. Stand fast in the faith. Act like men of God, women of God. You know, there's a song that says, an old Christian anthem that says, Stand up for Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Hallelujah. Amen. And there's another song that from that era that says, Rise up. O men of God, 
And that includes women. You know what I'm saying. Rise up, O men of God. Be done with earthly things. Praise God. Amen. In the book of Jude 1, verse 3 and 4, it says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you, that you should earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. There is something today called hyper-grace, and it means you accept Christ as Savior by mouthing the words, and you never experience a change, because that would be salvation by works. If If the works you were doing changed, you would be earning or meriting, and it would be no longer grace. That is absolutely wrong. I believe wholeheartedly in the scripture, by grace you are saved through faith. It is the gift of God. It is not of works. Grace simply means unmerited favor. It's a product of the mercy of God to fallen men and women. But when we are saved, there are works that indicate that a change has come in the heart. This is not just changing in our positional uh, righteousness or relationship to God, but this is a change within. It's called regeneration in the New Testament. And the Bible said, If any man is in Christ, for we have been baptized into Jesus Christ, the Scripture teaches, this is a work of the Holy Spirit in the heart. This is a change that comes within. And we are not earning our salvation by showing forth different works. We are indicating that a change has come. Hallelujah. Being renewed to who we are in Christ in our mind that we might show His will Hallelujah, that we might live a life that indicates a different value system, distinctly different from the world about us, not being conformed to this world, amen, but being transformed by the renewing of our mind. Praise God, amen. And we need to stand firm and stand up. That's what arise means. We can't shine until we stand up for Jesus like a soldier (laughs) stands up and is ready to defend, uh, defend the faith that was once delivered to us, literally to put up a real fight for it. Because if we don't fight for it, we are in danger, distinct danger of letting the enemy, Satan, dismantle the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. 
Someone has said Satan's weapons are all based on lies and deceit. Put the truth before him, and he will have to flee. Today is not a day to put the candle under a bushel. Scripture literally says, Awake thou that sleepeth, and Christ shall give you light. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. <laughs> oh, friend of mine, but be you filled with the Spirit. And that phrase literally means be being filled with the Spirit. It's not having been filled with the Spirit years and years ago. It is in a daily allowing the Holy Spirit to express God's will, Christ's character, His fruit in and through our life. The New Testament refers to these things insofar as they stand against God as the world. It is a satanic system, and the Scripture says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. We're not talking about not enjoying the home He's given you, not enjoying the beauty of the, the change of seasons in the Carolinas. We're not talking about the beauty of the earth. We're talking about a system that is anti-Christ and that is anti-God. And the world is engaged in a struggle to the death in violent opposition to God and God's rule in the earth. So the fundamental reality about the people of God is that we have been called to join God on His side of this struggle. Oh, friend, the great question is, is put forth in the Old Covenant and must be put forth once again in the New Covenant and answered, Who is on the Lord's side among you? And I'm happy to report I can't speak for you. You can't speak for me. But I can speak for me and my house so far as I have influence in my house. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's the challenge. And when we arise, our light will automatically shine for Jesus Hallelujah. Praise God. If you've listened to this point in this Bible study today, and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your personal Savior, I want to challenge you right now to join the Christian community by confessing your sins and receiving Jesus as your own Lord and your personal Savior. Letting Him come into your heart and unto your life today. Hallelujah. And we that are Christian will embrace you as our brother, our sister, because you will be baptized into the body just like us. And it's not just a church, but it is the church, which is the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are His members in particular. Praise God. Today, if you're a Christian, the challenge to you, the challenge to me, I've been a pastor for almost 45 years, and I'm still seeking to let my light 
shine more brightly, especially now, as dark as the world is, as sin-sick as the world is. I want everyone I meet to know there is a Savior, a sovereign King who saves. His name is Jesus, and He can and will come in if we repent of our sin and open the door. Well, our time is gone. Let's rise up. Rise up. O men of God, let's be done with earthly things. Jesus is coming soon. The hour is late. The work is great. And we need to redeem the time because the days are evil. Not pull our head in, but stand up for Jesus. Come back next week. Let's continue this Bible study.